0: here so uh it's cool josh has invited us into this competition and and we've got to win okay i'm desperate that we win if we lose shame on us just shame misery condemnation guilt uh (laughs) depression anxiety all of it on us if we lose it is that serious okay it's not that serious chill out okay i'm just joking of you who are like i hate him now okay (laughs) calm down uh but it is cool because the bible studies are going through the book of romans um this school year this semester we're going to work our way through the book of romans we're going to invite lost people and saved people into those bible studies and the hope is that as we walk through romans in a discovery bible method fashion everyone is able to study everyone's able to participate and just learn the book of romans but now we have some memory verses to tag in there as well. That's another thing you can challenge your Bible study to. Hey, let's memorize this first. Why not? Make sense? Sound good? Cool. So there's Bible studies. You should know about them by now. If you don't, we'll keep announcing them. Um, But they're about to get going in Romans. So if you're not in a Bible study, you want to jump in now. If you're like, which Bible study do I join? Well, ask the person next to you. And if they don't know, ask Brock. Okay. (laughs) So let's do a little bit of review and we'll keep moving through Ephesians. We haven't been in here in a while. But what we what we walked through last time we were in Ephesians was we talked about these characteristics of of like a a, a biblical body member, right? Seven, I think I don't know the name I think the number changed from seven to like five and it got confusing because then I left and it was confusing. But we talked about what does it look like to be a biblical member of the body, right? Versus a phony or a vain member of the body. And and that section of Ephesians that we were just in, um, it kind of talked about people having a, a, a calloused heart going past feeling and they no longer are, are walking sensitive, sensitively with the Lord. And now they're pursuing the cares of this world and the things that they want to do. And we talked about the contrast of that what we ought to be looking like right so today this morning we're gonna just real simple we're gonna talk about changing your clothes spiritually okay we're gonna talk about putting off the old man and putting on the new man real simple that's the whole goal is that you understand the command to put your old man off and put your new man on okay real simple you with me you awake a little, do we need to pray? Yeah, we should probably pray. Emily, will you pray for us? <laughs> she said, Mm-mm. "No, I will not." Okay. Thanks, Rashawn. Rashawn, pray for us. <clears throat> Dear God, thank you for today. Thank you that you the time to spend your the Word at your house. I pray that I pray that we learn from from your Word. I pray that Take it home with us and we hear the word, the word, Amen. Perfect. Okay, so Ephesians chapter 4, verses 20 to 24. That's where we're gonna be working through. Let's start with uh, verse 20 and 21. Cool. It says this, Paul says, But ye have not so learned Christ. Talking about living That fake Christianity. You have not so learned Christ. If so, that you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus Christ. So if you've heard him, you've been taught by him, your your life is not going to look like someone who is lost. Right? If you are following Christ, your life will look different. That's what that means. So you, you kind of have to do a little bit of introspection. What does my life look like? Does it look like uh, Christ? Does it look like people who I know are following Christ? Or does my life look more like my lost friends or the people at school that are lost? What does my life look like? In all different facets of it. Because here's the reality. When we are following Christ, we we, 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 we we will begin to look more like Him and less like who we are in the flesh. And you can see that in discipleship or mentorship, too. If if biblical discipleship or mentorship is happening, you begin to look more like that person than you do in the flesh. A, a pretty relevant example for me was when I began doing discipleship with Brian Bustos. Okay? He's the guy with the black beard, black hair. He plays the guitar. You know Brian. Okay, When we started doing discipleship, <clears throat> he lives in... Midtown Kansas City, I grew up in Raytown. When I was in high school, I wore hoodies with t-shirts over them, and I uh, bleached my hair blonde for the swim team, and I shaved the sides. That's who I was in the flesh, right? For my senior year uh, graduation, I cut a mullet, and I thought it was glorious. But I don't have a big enough chin for it, so it wasn't, wasn't quite right. But I had a mullet and I, you know, I went to Europe right away for a month long trip and I was like trying to be like cool looking. And then shortly after I get plugged into discipleship and my physical appearance began to change because I was following a guy who had a totally different style. But it wasn't about a style. It wasn't his style that I was trying to mimic. It was his lifestyle. It was who he was that I began to see wow, that that's so much better. I saw his life lining up with what I was hearing from scripture and I thought, man, I want to be like that. I want those things to be true of my life. And as I was just following him, trying to obey how he was leading, trying to replicate what he was doing in my own life, I looked different. And the same could be true when I took that next step and I started following Brandon in ministry. And now I have a lot of mannerisms. I have a lot of ways that I teach and preach, a lot of ways that I dress that are very similar to Brandon. And the reason is because I'm following him. It's the same with Pastor Sam. There are things about Pastor Sam that I don't intentionally think I'm going to start talking and thinking and whatever like this. It just happens because I'm watching, I'm following. My life is just surrendered to the Lord. Lord, however you would lead me and however you would like conform me and change me and mold me, I'm up for it. Right? How many of you were here on Tuesday? when Jason White was preaching. Okay, Josh texted me, and he was like, Jason White preaches exactly like Kenny Morgan. And I kept watching, and I was like, oh, my goodness. It's identical. I mean, even like the pace and the dynamic of his volume and his hands and his face, like all of it was Kenny Morgan. Do you think that just happens because he like just really wants to look like Kenny Morgan? Not really. It just happens naturally as he's following him and and under his leadership. But even more so when you're following Christ, okay? Those are just physical demonstrations. When you're following Christ, when you're obeying his word, when you're surrendering your heart and life to him, you begin to look more and more like Christ. If you've received his truth. The contrast of that is you show up to church every Sunday and Tuesday. You're here all the time, but you don't give a care about what Jesus says. You don't care. You don't have any concern with like Rashawn prayed with obeying, being a doer of the word. You want to do what you want to do, and you don't look like Christ at all. And the reality is you don't have the word of this. That's what's in it for you peace he was circumstantially awful do you think he had I think you in fact the Bible says that was joy that was set before him to give his life for you and me he had joy he had peace and his life in that moment and those moments of crucifixion and torture were awful. You can have that same thing if you'll just follow Him, let Him change who you are, if you'll be taught by Him, if you'll hear Him. So here's your first key point. The reception of truth is essential to living like Christ. Okay, I got a handout. We're trying this out. You may not like it, and that's okay. It didn't take too long to throw it together, but you let me know. By the end of the message, if you're like, yeah, I like the handout. You should do that. I don't do it. But If you're like, that's confusing. I don't like it. Then I won't do it. Or I'll change it, okay. But the reception of truth—you have to receive it, and that's essential to living like Christ. And it is easy for all of us. If you're saved, it's so easy to slip out of the habit of reading our Bible and staying in tune with truth for each day. Isn't it? Isn't it easy to just fall out of the habit? Therefore, because it's easy to fall out of habit for that, it's easy for us to walk around looking like ourselves. Our natural man, being who we are, wanting what we want, thinking like ourselves, talking like ourselves and acting like ourselves instead of who we're called to look like, Christ. Make sense? So let's keep going. Let's look at what this truth is that we need to hear from him that we're called to. We're called to a certain thing here in verse 22. Here's what Paul says, that you put off Concerning the former conversation, that word conversation means lifestyle. Okay, what your life looks like. You put off the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. He says, Take your dirty clothes off. The old man, your flesh nature, right? Who you are in the flesh is dead. But doesn't it sneak up on us so easy? It sneaks up. It's really deceitful. Because I, I, I don't know all of you like really well, but I know enough of you that you're really like good people. You're good people. We like being around you. Even when you're walking in your flesh, like you're pleasant enough that you know sin stinks no matter who you are, but you guys are pretty pleasant, right? Isn't it easy because we're not like, you know, serial killers? Isn't it easy to just think, no, I'm good. Like, I'm not out like, you know, peddling heroin. You know, I'm not actively a member of the KKK. So like, I must be okay, right? I'm good enough for the Lord. Yeah, I'm good enough for, for, you know, God's standard, right? It's easy to slip into thinking it. And maybe you're like, you know, I haven't read my Bible for a week or a month or ever, but like it's not that bad, right? I'm not actively doing anything wrong, but however, <clears throat> can I just can I counter that with this? You're actually full of deceitful lusts. So f- for us, our fleshly natural man is full of sexual, nasty lusts. Say what are you talking about, bro? I'm just talking about how we are naturally, I'm not picking on you, but you and your flesh. Once you come to a, a place of, you know, phys- there's a level of physical maturity that's required, and I'm not going to assume everyone is there. But you hit puberty, and then all of a sudden, you're it's like your eyes are opened, and you get into high school, and you're like, wow, so this is this is what. Uh, <clears throat> Okay. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, praise the Lord. (laughs) Stay there as long as you can. Okay. But we have we have sexual lusts just naturally. We also have covetous lusts. So, in other words, you see what your friend has, you see what the world offers, you see that new thing, and you just you lust after it, you need it, you want it, you have to have it. For me, man, so I got my I got my uh, my first new bait caster. You already know I was going there. So it's a fishing fishing rod and reel combo. I don't want to get too lusty on you, okay? But so I I, I got it. And it's great. I really enjoy it. But you know what? If I see videos or advertisements for one that's like a level higher or a couple levels higher, a little better. I'm like, man, this one's great. But can you imagine how far I could cast with you know, that Shimano? And as you cast it, it's got that Ooh. Now, I'm OK with you making fun of me because I'm, I'm open. I'm an open book. Man, I can easily find myself lusting after things that I don't have and you do too you just may not be aware of it or what it is but maybe you are maybe you know there's things that you're craving after that's lust or maybe it's not that maybe it's just food maybe you're like i just want to eat and eat and eat and there are no limitations to what i eat i fall in that same boat i won't talk about my weight but I'll just say, having this third kid, man, lust of the flesh. But here's the reality, okay? <clears throat> no matter what it is, sin, okay, sin is gross, no matter who's wearing it. You might be beautiful. You might be super kind and loving and a gentle person. You might be super reserved and you're not stirring up the pot and you're not loud. People like you generally. But if you have sin, it's gross. It's gross. Doesn't matter how much perfume you put on a on a on a turd. Okay, so here's a life hack. Okay, time out. Life hack. You need to know this, okay? So there's a spray that is black ice scented like in the car. Okay it, And it's for your car. So instead of hanging the little tree that wears out in like a week, you can get this spray and you could just spray it every time and it smells like this car air freshener. Okay, I don't remember why we bought that. We bought it recently and it found its way into the bathroom. And it does wonders, bro. I'm just saying. It does wonders. You want the Black Ice Car Air Freshener. It's just a tiny little bottle. It's got a real long spray. You push it down, it's just like... It's great. But it doesn't completely mask the scent of your doo-doo. Okay, Nor can you mask the scent of your doo-doo. So, sin is, grass, sin is gross no matter who's wearing it. All of our lust and our sin is gross. But here's the reality, okay? It was all paid for at Calvary. So you actually don't have to feel bad about it. You don't have to feel gross about it. Christ became that sin. It became that sin for you and for me the bible says and so you 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 know you naturally you're going to walk around and your sin is going to cause you to smell spiritually like a turd but christ became that sin and he makes you pure and he makes you forgiven he washes you that's fantastic the bible says in romans chapter 5 verse 8 through 11 I'm going to walk through these verses it says but god commendeth his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners Christ died for us. Okay, so we have to go outside of time real quick. You ready? We're going to do some time travel. Okay, you are in 2021 A.D. right now. Can you just zoom out outside of of time theoretically really quick? You there? Are you outside of time right now? Yes. Okay, 2,000 years ago, Christ saw you. He's outside of time, so he saw. Today, back then. Right? And he and he saw our sin and he saw our disregard for his word. And we saw he saw our lust and he saw our disobedience. He saw all of it, our, our rebellion, our pride. He saw it. And you know what he did? He decided, you know what? I love them despite that. So what he did was he came and died for that sin because our sin demands a repercussion, a penalty, a payment, death. And he said, I'll pay it because I love them, because I love you. Let's go to the next verse here. Much more than being now justified by his blood. Okay, zoom back up to 2021. Okay, we're here. Now, being now justified by his blood, okay, we're justified by his blood if you're saved, if you're saved, if you've been born again, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Okay, so now we've got to zoom out again real quick. We're justified right now, but we zoom out and we look to the future, and guess what? God's wrath will be poured out on sin, death, and hell. There will be judgment. But guess what? We're saved from that. Does that make sense? You're saved from the wrath of God. But that's a future. Because time travel is hard, ain't it? You guys are looking at me like, where are we? <laughs> okay, let's come back to 2021. We're here again. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Okay, we will be saved you are saved but you will be saved what does that mean you're only two-thirds saved you say what are you talking about let's talk about it later okay just know that god saved you from your sin he gave you a new spirit your soul has been cleansed but you're still carrying around your flesh bag right this thing your flesh your fleshly nature is still roaming around with you Okay, but but check this out. Not only will will we be saved, but we also joy currently in God through our Lord Jesus Christ by whom we have now received the atonement. So what are we talking about? I'm talking about we have a wonderful Savior. If you're born again, you have a wonderful Savior. You have a God who did something for you that we can't even comprehend, right? He paid for your sin, but not only that, He's saving you from from judgment. And right now, He gives you the, the access to joy. You can joy through tribulation, through trial, through circumstances. You can go to school and have to wear those masks for eight hours a day, no breaks. Teachers are on you like, I'm a teacher. I get it. And it's miserable, and you can't breathe. And it ah, but you know what? You can have joy. That doesn't I doesn't tear you down. It's all good. It's worth it. It's cool. You can get made fun of for being vocal about your relationship with Jesus. You can get made fun of. You can get, you know, taken down on the on the pecking order, on the cool, you know, the popularity pecking order. You can get knocked down a few notches, and you can be cool with that. That's all good. Why? Because you have Christ. Okay. And yet, we have access to all this awesome stuff. We so easily fall into to the temptation of sin, and we walk away from the Lord in disobedience, don't we? Don't we do it so easily? I don't know about you. I, I do. I just I so easily. It's so easy. I just slip out of the habit. I just slip away, and I'm like, oh, man, fishing rods and reels. Oh, I need more. Romans 6, we're going to read a big passage here. Paul says, what shall we say then? It's easy to slip into sin. God's paid for it. You're justified. It's just as if you'd never sinned. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Your sin is paid for. So should you just keep doing sin? Keep doing your thing? It's paid for. You're going to go to heaven. You can't lose your salvation biblically. Shall we just continue in sin that grace may abound? God has more grace than you have sinned. And Paul says, God forbid. No, how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know you not that so many of us, as were baptized into Jesus Christ, that 2,000 years ago you were baptized into Jesus Christ, we were baptized into His death. Therefore we are buried with Him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead 2,000 years ago by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. So you were buried, you were, you were uh, baptized into Jesus Christ at your salvation, you were buried, and then you rose again with Him. Right, we, zoomed out of, we zoomed out of time and went back 2,000 years, buried, resurrected, and then we're back here. Does that make sense? This is so hard. What happened when you got saved? Paul says, For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also, we shall be also in the likeness of us, of his resurrection. Knowing this, when you got saved, our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. If you haven't, if you haven't tracked with me, track with me right here. For he that is dead is freed from sin. You and I are freed from sin. You don't have to sin anymore. Those lusts, crucified. Those lies, the, the, the bad habits, the nasty addiction, your horrible attitude, the gross pride, right? Those nasty, vile, deceptive lies that you slip in the conversations or that you tell your parents or you tell your teachers cheating at school so that's too far Jeff I mean we all do that okay yeah ride that wave ride the wave of being okay with lying to your teachers about your schoolwork yeah that's fantastic as a teacher I don't take that personally I really don't but as your friend you lying to yourself that it's okay to get answers from your friends You're lying to yourself. You're lying to your teachers. You're being deceptive. That's wicked. Don't cheat this school year. Be honest. Because you don't have to lie. Because you don't have to gossip. Because you are dead. And those sins are dead to you. Does that make sense? You're like, no, it doesn't. I feel like I have to sin. I know you feel that way. But the Bible says you don't. Do dead people have bad attitudes? No. They're dead. Do dead people lie a lot? No. They're dead. Do dead people stink? Yes. And so do you. I'm just kidding. The Bible says that you're dead if you're baptized in Jesus Christ. If you've been born. I want, to, I want to consider an illustration here. Let's see if we can get this to make sense. I want you to consider the cicada. You know the cicada. Supposedly, cicadas are a great bass fishing bait. But I'm not. I'm not going to talk about fishing. Okay. I want you to consider the actual cicada. OK, and I want you to consider the Brood X periodical cicada, a.k.a. the 17-year cicada. This guy, he's something else. He does a sort of time travel. What he does is he's born, and then he migrates to the ground basically immediately, goes underground. And he stays underground for 17 years. Underground for 17 years as he grows into an adult, and then at full maturity, the 17 year cicada comes out of the ground to mate. And once they come above ground, they shed their skin. Right, you see these all over the trees, those are just dead skins. Right, that's not the actual cicada. So they shed their skin shortly after they come up out of the ground. And uh, and they find a mate living only a few months above ground until they die. So 17 years on they come up, they shed their skin, they mate, and then they die. Kylie made a joke uh, last night. She was like, that's like every teenager's dream. <laughs> Just hide in the ground for 17 years, come out, mate, die and go to heaven. I think this is there's a di- different illustration for us here, okay? Not, not that. I want you to consider the saved. If you're saved, I want you to consider the cicada and how he might relate to you. Those of you who are saved, you are in Christ, okay? We were buried in Christ 2,000 years ago. Then we raised the newness of life in Christ. Okay, now fast forward to the moment of our salvation. Think about when you got saved. When we are born again, it is as if we are finally coming out of the grave. You've actually been in the grave 2000 thousand years, but not really because you weren't saved yet. But when you get saved, then you've been in the grave for kind of confusing but 2,000 years ago you were buried in Christ right that was activated the moment you accepted Christ making sense okay you've come out of the grave you're no longer dead in your sins you're no longer in the grave but you're alive in Christ and you're called to shed the old man and be fruitful for just a very short period of time. Your life is a vapor. So you you come out of the grave. You come out of the ground. You're like, wow. So this is what newness of life is like. This is amazing. Shed your old man, that old fleshly nature. You put it off. and And then you become fruitful. And then you die. Here's the reality. I'm 30. Okay. Most of you are younger. Some of you are older. If you're younger, it may be harder to identify this, but time is flying. Time's flying. And I wouldn't say it's escaping me. I don't feel like my life is just running away from me. And I'm like, oh no, I'm so old. What am I doing with my life? You know, like I don't anticipate this midlife crisis. I'm just aiming at being in the center of god's will but i do know that i'm 30 now and i remember vividly thinking about life when i was your age and i bet you the other adults in here remember being in your stage of life being a teenager thinking about what will life look like your life is going to fly by and if you don't give your life to christ that's a scary idea. You're going to die soon. I mean, whoa. But if you know that your purpose is to be fruitful, and so each day, you know, it's, life isn't perfect. Life isn't always unicorns and rainbows. But in general, if your life is given to Christ, To being fruitful, to being used by Him, there's some peace. That's that's pretty amazing. Knowing that I'm going to die in probably, you know, 50 years max, probably, maybe 55. My grandparents were pretty stinking old when they died. On my dad's side, on my mom's side, they were. My grandpa was he was 80 something, but like 55 years max. That's really not very much. It's not. And it's not guaranteed that I get 55. I might only have one. I might only have a couple months. When Kylie and I were, uh, this is like an awful story, but when Kylie and I were at the hospital giving, uh, you know, Georgia was born and we were. Getting the anesthesia all worked out so Kylie could move her toes and stuff. We were just preparing to go into our room where we would stay. There was a labor and delivery nurse who was in there and she had a tattoo, and her tattoo said, Um, I something like I will always love you, and I'm you know, thinking about you. I'm proud of you, I'll always love you. And it was in handwriting the tattoo was, and then it said, Love your husband. And it looked really new. And so I was thinking like, oh, man, I don't know if I should ask about it. But Kylie, she was anesthetized. So she was like, is that tattoo fresh? right?" And so she asked her. And the nurse stunned. She was over by her computer. And she was like, and she starts crying. And she's like, yeah, it's it's new. My husband, he died in December. And I just got this tattoo. I knew people were going to ask about it, but this is like the first time and it's just fresh. Okay, she said her husband was 39 years old and he had brain cancer and died within like a year or two. You guys, your life is not guaranteed and it's going to go so quick. And what God wants for you is to just give your life to him and let him use it to make you fruitful. And if you will do that. There's peace and joy that you can't get from doing it on your own and just following the lust of your flesh and doing whatever you want and making your life all about you. You don't get that peace and joy that way. Does that make sense? They're like, we're out of here. <laughs> just talking about death. Now nah, we're out. Here's your key point. Here it is. Here's what it means to put off your old man. Just be saved, okay? That's a a first step for some of you. Shed your old man daily, that fleshly nature, those lusts, that sin that doesn't have a grip on you anymore. You're dead. And be fruitful. Be saved. Shed your old man daily and be fruitful. Now we're going to kind of, it's all downhill from here, okay? Ephesians four twenty three says, "And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Renewed in the spirit of your mind." He says, "You got to put off the old man, and then you got to be renewed in the spirit of your mind." Because the natural inclination of our minds is toward degeneration and clutter. Do you know that your mind, your mind, is does not gravitate towards godliness. Your mind, if left unattended, degenerates winds down goes into autopilot gets cluttered and confused gets tired yeah what are you talking about i'm saying we we naturally we want to turn on autopilot there's a reason why we go to netflix every night right there's a reason we tend toward netflix every night and i'm not saying watching something is bad okay don't hear what i'm not saying just listen to me what i'm saying is You and I, we want to shut things off. We don't want to hear a hard word. We don't want to hear something that provokes us naturally. Naturally, we just want to go into autopilot, get through the day. That's why you'll see students in your classes that are sitting there. When's this guy going to stop talking? When's this class going to be over? Going to class to class on my phone, scrolling down Instagram for the 45th time this hour because i just don't want to think i don't want to engage that's how we are naturally we're lazy all of us our natural man does not want to be used by god and it does not want to bring glory to god this is why the bible tells us that our minds have to be renewed there is work involved in a relationship with god romans chapter 12 verse 1 and 2 you know this verse it says I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. So you present yourself to God. That's your job. That's your responsibility. And then he says, And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You're called to be transformed. me think of a transformer transformers yes (laughs) thank you we're called to transformation and your key point there is transformation which is putting the old man off and the new man on that happens when we renew our minds in God's word I'm trying to keep it simple we did the space exploration time travel thing I might have lost a few of you there for a second. Here's what you need to know. You need to know that God wants to transform your life. He wants to change you more and more. He wants you to be conformed to the image of His Son. He wants you to live like Christ, which means not just serving and giving your life for the lost. It does mean that. But it also means with that, having peace and joy and all the fruit of the Spirit throughout this life, to have abundant life. It's actually much better for you that you just surrender your life to Christ. Because God has planned lives out for a very long time. And you've never planned a life out. God is much better at it than you are. He's going to do a lot better job with your life than you ever could. No offense. Does that make sense? He wants to transform it. He wants to mold us and take control. And that happens when we meet Him in His Word. It's just like your phone or computer. You got to start and recharge it like regularly, right? Did you know that? Three of you knew that. OK, here's your tech, tech lesson of the day. Restart your computer and your phone. Why? Well, I don't know much about tech, OK? But I did, I did some research as I was investigating this illustration. So there's a thing called RAM, okay? Random access memory. Here's what you need to know. Your computer has so much RAM, and it uses this RAM. It's like its capacity to to remember things that you're searching and doing on your computers. The programs on your computer are accessing this random access memory. They're using up the capacity. Okay, when you restart your computer, it erases that, and it starts over. The RAM is reset. The capacity, the efficiency, the strength of that computer is reset. We need that same thing. Why? Because you go throughout a day and you're going to think about a lot of different things. And if at the end of the day, you don't reset, you don't renew, you know what we do? We go to Netflix. We just say, man, I'm so bogged down by all these thoughts and all this stuff. I don't want to renew my mind. I just want to drool. Right? And then, if you don't renew your mind in the the morning, guess what happens? You start that day with a little more energy, but you're already bogged down. I do this so often, man. I carry burdens just in life in general, and I'm an emotional guy, so I take things and I process them very emotionally. And if I don't just renew my mind and just reset my focus on the Lord and worship, you know what happens? I go to sleep. I wake up with that same heavy burden and then I take on more and then I'm just bogged down and I find myself depressed and that's my internal system saying hey there's something wrong there's stuff that you got to deal with you need to reset your your random access memory you need to renew your mind I'm like oh right I'm depressed because there's something I need to deal with I need to renew my mind in God's Word does that make sense I'm losing you. The text's not good, huh? Make sense? Okay, good. We have to renew our mind. And then, watch this. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 24. Last couple passages here. That you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. So you are called to put off the old man to renew your mind and then to put on the new man. And this new man, he's built different. He's pretty cool. This new man, which is, which is the spirit of Christ, which is the fruit of the spirit, which is godliness, which is just obeying God's word. That new man, check this out. Colossians 3, verse 12 and 15. says, put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved. Here's what we put on. Ready? Bowels of mercies. Having mercy at the innermost core part of who you are so that when something happens to you, your natural response is mercy, not vengeance or destruction, right? Not bitterness. Put on bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long suffering. Here's what it means to put on the new man. Forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things, Hey, putting on the new man looks like this. Put on charity, selfless love for one another, which is the bond of perfectness. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts to the which also you are called in one body. And be thankful. That's what it means to put on the new man. Here's your key point. All of these attitudes only come from putting on Christ in His Word. It only happens when you say, all right, Lord, I'm coming before your word. I'm going to read the proverb of the day. I'm going to read this passage that I'm in. I'm going to read this psalm. I'm going to read whatever it is I'm in, my daily reading, my my quiet time with the Lord. Here I am, Lord. Here's my heart and here's my mind. Here's your word. You just have your way. And maybe maybe it's five minutes someday. Maybe it's five hours someday. We're not going to put some restrictions and guidelines that you have to meet. It's not like that. It's that you need your mind renewed. So are you going to do that? Are you going to renew your mind in God's word? Are you going to surrender your life and then allow him to put on that new man? Take your dirty clothes off. Rest. Put the clean clothes on. You do it every day. You know why you wear clothes every day? I know why you wear clothes every day. Do you know why you wear clothes every day? Some of you are like, man, I just really wish I didn't have to wear these clothes. Do you know why you wear clothes every day? Other than it's socially unacceptable to not wear clothes? You wear clothes every day because <clears throat> you're supposed to be reminded of this. OK, I'm going to take my clothes off at night, climb to bed, go to sleep, I'm just going to rest. I'm going to wake up, I'm going to renew my mind, and I'm going to put on clean clothes. So when you put on clean clothes tomorrow, by the way, put on clean clothes tomorrow, Okay. Stop wearing the same clothes every day. You're disgusting, right? I love you, freshman boys, but come on, you're dirty. I did that one time. I didn't shower. Never mind. (laughs) You need to put on the new man. And that only happens when you find yourself in His Word. So you take off those bad attitudes, the lusts, you saturate yourself in the Word of God, and then you have mercy, kindness, and those different things. So here's the two questions I want to leave you with as we go into worship service. Okay, We're not going to do some response in here. Your response happens when you go to the worship service. Does that make sense? Here's the two questions. Number one, have you been walking around in dirty clothes? In the old man? In the ways of thinking that your natural man has? And maybe you're in need of just resting with Christ and putting on clean clothes. Is that where you're at? And the second question is, have you been washed and forgiven of your sins? Have you been born again? Have you been saved? Do you know that you've been saved? There was a kid at this camp I went to. I went to a middle school camp. And there was a kid who... Reminded me a lot of Sebastian Osborne. I don't know if you guys know him or remember him. But he showed up to this camp, and I saw him, and I was like, that's Sebastian. Looked just like him. So automatically, my heart is pricked. Dad abandoned him when he was young. Mom works at the church. He grew up in the church. He's been around the whole time. And so throughout this camp, my heart just gets really heavy. I'm like, what in the world? Okay, So I asked the team to pray. So we're praying didn't know that the leaders of the camp, they had been praying for years for this kid because he was just hard, bad attitude, skeptical of everything, always critical, doubting things. I'm like, Lord, I don't know. I don't know what you're doing. I don't know this kid. His name's Andrew, Andrew Ward. So we're praying, praying, praying. On the last night, I go up and I'm like, so do you feel like you heard from the Lord this week? This kid who grew up in church, mom works at the church he says i don't really know what that means or what that looks like to hear from god i don't really know what that means i said well do you know if you have like a a relationship with god and he's like i don't know i don't know what i believe and so we walked through that train of thought is is god real is it possible that jesus is god did jesus do all the things that the bible says he does and we walked through that and then he's like i need to go to the bathroom." I'm like, okay, yeah, go for it, man. So he leaves, goes to the porta potty. And then he comes back, and then there's a group around us. And so I'm like, okay, conversation's open or, or it's over, no worries. And so uh, we move on. And then we're heading back to the tent to go to sleep. I say, listen, Andrew, hey, I know we didn't really finish the conversation. So if you want to, I'm going to put the ball in your court. If you want to finish that conversation, you, before I leave tomorrow morning, you just let me know. No worries, no pressure. Just wanted to offer that. And he's like, yeah, I kind of do. I was like, OK. He's like, yeah, should I grab my Bible? I was like, yes. Yes, you should. You should grab your Bible. So he grabs his Bible. We walk over to the pavilion. He says, I, did, I wanted to do it earlier, but I, I wanted to leave partly because I had to go to the bathroom, but also because I was about to cry, and I didn't want you to see me cry. I was like, bro, what? So we're talking through the gospel. And I'm like, so is this where you're at? Is this what you want? He's like, yeah, I need to give my life to the Lord. I said, well, I'm going to let you do that. You know, and I'll I'll be here with you. And he's like, can I do it by myself? I don't want you to see me cry. I was like, bro, stop it with the crying. Like, (laughs) I want to see you cry. I I cry all the time. It's manly to cry. Don't believe that garbage that says men don't cry. He's like, okay. I said, but I'm not going to pray you through this. You got to do it. You've done this. He had prayed the prayer multiple times, but knew he wasn't saved. So we go over there because all the boys were rolling up from the bathroom, and so we roll over around the corner, and this dude asks the Lord to save him, to forgive him, to come into his heart, and he was dramatically different. I asked him. I said, you know, I hugged him. I was like, bro, this is amazing. I was like, how do you feel now? What are you thinking? He's like, I feel clean. I feel clean. Some of you feel dirty. And maybe it's because you haven't been saved. Let the Lord clean you. And then put on clean clothes, not the dirty clothes. Right? We're going to go into worship service now. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. God, thank you for what you're doing in our lives. Thank you for however you're leading each student and each counselor in here. Whether it's, um, you know, just a, 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 a tweaking of our habits of our of our, you know, routines to to dive into your word. Maybe it's uh, we need to put something off. We need to we need to let go of some sin that we're clinging to, or maybe it's you're calling someone in here to be saved. God, I'm praying that you would continue to lead them, that you would give them boldness, that if they need to deal with that immediately, that we'd be sensitive and and available for that. But God, keep speaking to us and leading us throughout this morning in your word. God, we thank you for that. We love you. And we just pray it all in your son's name. Amen. All right. We're a little over time. So if you grab your stuff and head in, we'll sit in that middle section and invite you to sit with us. Goodbye, online. (laughs)